God is good, huh? Man, it's good to worship the Lord, is it not? It's good to be in God's presence, and God reminds you all reminds you of all kinds of things when you're in His presence. Um, I wanted to kind of update you. We're doing a, a series uh, called Tough Topics, and only stupid pastors do sermons on tough topics. <laughs> by the way, uh, you don't tackle those things. But um, I'm really going to be talking about um, who is God. Um, on October 12th, kind of as a, and where the Bible came from. And I'm going to contrast them to some of the other viewpoints uh, that um, sometimes other religions um, have compared to uh, the scriptures. That will give kind of a, a contrast there. And then um, I'm going to be talking about on October 26th, I'll be talking about is evolution really true? And I know this is, a, this is the subject that's probably most near and dear to my heart as a former atheist. Um, because I was really raised as an evolutionist. And I, I grew up with uh, Richard Dawkins and Stephen Hawking and, and, and those as kind of my heroes. And, um, and since then, God has shown me that he actually made everything, yeah. it turns out. And, uh, and I, I'm going to prove that in a lot of different ways, um, genetically and um, through the fossil record and lots of other ways. Uh, to show you that it is not a stupid position to believe that God created everything. It actually is the most coherent and logical one. And so if you have an atheist friend, I will uh, friends that you can invite them because we're going to leave time for you to um, ask questions afterwards. So uh, feel free to bring friends with you. And then November 2nd, I'll be talking about what God says about sexuality. Um, in our culture, um, we have a lot of diverse views and... Um, Sometimes people think they know what God says about it, but I, I hope to make that clear um, and um, that God will bring you some peace and some freedom. And November 9th, I'm going to take another one, a women in ministry. Some people, there are some churches um, that debate um, a few scriptures in 1 Corinthians uh, specifically about um, how, what's the role of women inside the church. And uh, this one's near dear to my heart. And uh, I think we'll bring a great revelation. November 16 will be some random topics where I'll talk about some of the issues of the day. Um, drugs um, is a big one. Addictions. We're going to talk about um, are, are drugs legal? Like let's say they made pot legal. Should we go out and smoke it? There's a couple of people going, yeah. <clears throat> but I'm going to give you a biblical perspective on it and a spiritual one that hopefully will get you some insight. Um, do you know that the Holy Spirit is pretty incredible? Yeah. Yeah. So much you, you, ought to, you ought to taste and see that the Lord is good. And you'll, once you have the Lord, it's, you don't want the other stuff. It's a distraction. And then um, I'll, I'll be talking about uh, suicide because it's, it's a big thing in our culture. Uh, cutting is a very big thing in our culture. It's kind of risen up, but it's, it's as old as the Bible is. Uh, cutting is way back in, in the scriptures of you know people you know trying trying to feel pain to uh, uh, to get in touch with their emotional life and uh, I'm going to give you some and how many think God wants to set people free? Uh, this is not just an information sermons. This is sermons to bring freedom from the Lord because how many know the Lord loves all the people? He so loves the world and um, and then I'm going to talk about uh, war, a little bit of politics, and there'll be some stuff there. I said about divorce, etc. And uh, I, I want to encourage you. 
I'm starting at the beginning, October 12th. This is one of those series where you'll get a lot more out of it if you go to all of them. Because I, I will do it inductively, the first one. When you get the story of evolution, you're not going to just be able to just say the magic words. It evolved. You'll have to prove it that it's actually adding more meaningful information in the genetic code, which is mutation, which is the mechanism for evolution. So good luck with that, and because Richard Dawkins can't do it, so I'd like to see you do it. Um, if not, um, and again, and please invite your friends that don't know the Lord or maybe feel ostracized or dealing with sexuality issues and wondering how the Lord looks at these things. And uh, they might find freedom at the very least. They'll find um, what the Christian view is truly rather than um, what the political world says it is. And Lord, I want to pray for those tough topics. Lord, there's no, no person who can make these things uh, sound uh, from your heart except for you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd represent yourself in a mighty way. And I pray that you'd use, use donkeys so you can use me. Lord, I pray that you utilize me, but make your scriptures come to life and have a purpose, Lord, so you can give people hope and life, Lord, in every possible way. Lord, thank you that you have deep love for the people and you pour it out to a hungry and thirsty world. Please bring fruitfulness and life to these topics, Lord, to these topics. In Jesus' mighty name, and do I hear an amen? Amen. amen. So uh, today I'm going to be talking about a breakthrough prayer life. I talked about victory in prayer. Um, I'm going to really talk about breakthrough. And if you'll really allow the Lord to minister to you, I promise you that your prayer life will change today. God will do something. And it's not just because I'm hopeful or trying to be full of faith. I really believe that the insight from the scripture will bring you revelation. And uh, I'm just going to start off with just a couple quick illustrations um, for, for how I saw prayer work in my own life. Um, those of you who go to the pastor's dessert, you'll hear some of the story maybe a little bit more elaborated. But I, I, when I came to Christ, my wife is the one who led me to the Lord, Jody, who was playing the keyboards there. And um, she's the first person I ever met who actually prayed like they were actually talking to God. Okay, like I'd met, being an atheist, I didn't really have, when people would pray, I'd go, you know, they're just wanting to feel happier about life. They're kind of just mumbling, jumbling something up there and hoping, you know, that maybe it'll feel them, make themselves feel better. And so if they say that, then they kind of leave with a little peace that maybe something up there will take care of them. But there's nothing up there. Like, what's up there? There's nothing up there. Like, you know, I kind of thought it was a direction, like God's, you know, over there. No, he's, he's over there, but he's up there somewhere. Or maybe so huge, he's big out there, some intelligent from some, you know, interstellar planetary life, you know, with Matthew McConaughey, you know, the new interstellar. And he's out there, and he's going to go find him through some black hole. And, you know, it's funny because the, the, the atheist, you know, the black hole cosmology is all about darkness sucking in light that can't escape. But I, I just read Stephen Hawking a few weeks ago say that he no longer believed in black holes. You know, well, let me tell you, Stephen, if you're out there, the white, the light consumes the darkness is what happens. Now, let me talk to you about white hole cosmology, and I'll give you some very good astrophysicist-led alternatives in, rather than Big Bang Theory, which make much more sense. Uh, God spoke, and there was light, Amen. and it was so. Amen? 
Let there be lights, and there was light. And all you have to do is look at your own life and look at the power of your own words. You are made in the image of God. You can bring destruction with your words, and you can bring life with your words. Amen? Turn to someone and say, you look good. (laughs) There's life. But... Let me just say this. When Jody first prayed for me, um, uh, she laid hands on me, and um, she was telling me about the Lord. Her brother had invited me to go hear her sing at this church, and I ended up at this, at this church. And I, I, Again, I was an atheist, so I'd never really been in church. Someone had invited me in high school one time, and, and I really didn't connect with it. I didn't know what it was, and, and I shouldn't have probably gone stoned, but I did. <clears throat> and... I probably threw it off a little bit. And um, what happened was is that she, she, we ended up at this park talking about, about God, and she was telling me all about God and all that stuff. And she was, and she was going, well, do, do you want to find God? And I said, well, I go, well, I'm open. You know, if there is a God, I, go, I want to see, see him. And um, we started to pray when we were up on this kind of like a little uh, hill area. And she said, um, she said, she said all right, I'm going to show you how to pray how I pray and connect with God. And she goes, and you kind of pray. She started leading me to it. And this, right as she was, this car pulled up and the lights were on us and everything. And then, and then it distracted us. And then we tried it again. And then another car pulled up. And then she looked over at me. And she goes, um, I'm going to do something that's kind of weird to you, but just trust me. I just, something I need to do when I pray. And I go, go ahead. I go, I go, go ahead. Like I'm thinking this lady is either psychotic you know, you know what I mean? Like she, I think she really believes this stuff. Like to, to me, this was like a total experiment. Like, like really? Like tell me more about this thing. Like she like knows God and she's reading the Bible. I'm like, what's so good about that book? Have you never been to the library? There's tons of books. Why are you stuck on this one little tiny book, you know? And, and she goes, well, she goes, we're getting distracted. She goes, just hold on a second. And then, and then she stops in prayer. Here, it's nighttime. We're at this, at this place, and these cars are pulling up, and she goes, Lord, I praise you. And she starts lifting God's name up, and then she goes, and Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against the darkness that will bring distraction, and I'm thinking, this woman believes in God. <laughs> like, like she is tripping out. Like she is going for it. And it's like she had no fear. And it's like I'm going, she is full of courage. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I'm like the big strong guy who's like afraid of everything. And she's like, I'm oh, a wham like that, kaboom, like that. And the minute she was done praying, it was like this peace settled on over. And I go, well, something happened. All of a sudden, you know, there's no distraction. You know, it was probably within 10 or 15 minutes that I was, I came to Christ, you know, and, and I'm so, I'm so glad that I have a wife that is not afraid to pray. And, and she, and and I, I shared, I shared last week that I used to hate to pray and today will bring some insight into overcoming that. And the reason I hated to pray is because I always was coming on my own worthiness and I always felt unworthy. I just always felt like I was never good enough. I never did anything. And, you know, I, I could see my whole life and I just kept feeling like I just like I can't enter into, into God. Whoever God is, he's not going to accept who I am. And, you know, Enoch walked with God in the Old Testament. Noah, I want to walk with God too, don't you? I, I want to walk with God. 
And this is what we're talking about today, a prayer breakthrough. And here's just a few intro points that could be a big, my message right here. And let me just start off with it. If you get these three points, these three points are really killer. And then the second ones, the second ones that I'm going to put are, are really methods or examples of it. And, and understand, we were designed to be in communion with God. Did you know that? You were designed actually to be with God. And I know that people go, man, I believe in God. But Adam and Eve were with God. They walked with God. God was walking in the garden in the cool of the evening. And they were there. And they were with him. They were able to talk to God. But but get this. But he was still outside. Like when the disciples talked with Jesus, who was God incarnate, the God who put on flesh, the theological term is hypostatic union. He, he, he was in the flesh, but was fully God. It, 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 when he was there, his disciples talked to them, but Jesus was not inside them. They, they, he was, they were in communion. They were talking to him. That's how it was with Adam and Eve. They were with God. God was there. He was talking to them. It's a theophany. He was personifying himself, and they communed with him. Okay? And let it be, sin moved us from the communion. Adam and Eve sinning, falling short. It changed from a communion with God that they had with no barrier to an arrow prayer relationship. And you see it when Seth, Adam has Seth, and Seth has Enosh. And it says, at that time, people again, after the curse, after the fall, people began calling out to God, God, we need you. And God was out there, but not the way he was in the garden. He was kind of out there, God, I want to talk to you. And he would answer and sometimes come and reveal himself, but still at a distance. So we went from communion, but with the possibility of falling, to falling and calling out to God, and it becoming an arrow prayer. God, I need to talk to you. Yes, I'll answer. And I sometimes see Christians still living like this. And you don't need to live like this anymore. We are in a new and living covenant. Amen? Amen. And so Adam and Eve were in communion with God, but there was one thing that wasn't secure, that if they ever sinned, the, the separation with God would come. Jesus Christ did something to remove that barrier. That barrier has not been removed because if Adam and I mean has been removed, if when Adam and Eve, if they would have not sinned, and a thousand years would have gone by, a hundred thousand years ago would go by, at some point their own nature would have taken over. And they would have sinned, and at that point they would have severed. They would not have had eternal living with God. But we are in a different phase because after that, the fall came and this arrow prayer of, of, with God came into being and let her see, understand that Jesus brings us back into a deeper communion with God than Adam and Eve ever had, is that he removes the sin. He becomes sin for us. The law that stood against us and said, this is wrong, and that is wrong, and that is wrong, was removed in Christ and nailed to the tree, the rules and regulations. Nailed to the tree. And now this Spirit of God who is holy and righteous and perfect, who we never have access to because of Christ, now can come to us and not be deterred by our own unrighteousness. 
And I have communion with God now. I have communion with God tomorrow. And if I do something stupid, his light will increase and overcome my darkness, but I'll still have communion with God. Because my prayer life is no longer arrows thrown to God. When Paul is talking about unceasing prayer, he's not talking about, I want you to keep doing prayer. Say another prayer. Say another arrow prayer. Say another other arrow prayer. He's saying, understand your position. You are in Christ, seated with him in the heavenly realms. In him you were chosen before the foundation of the earth. And God is working out his purposes in you. Because those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. And this is the call of God. Ah, The breakthrough prayer is that you can do it anytime you want. Because you have access to God. Come on, do I hear an amen? To raise your hand if you get this. Listen, to keep your hand up. That means that when you're struggling, you don't have to fix it first. It means you get access. Go ahead and put your hands down. I, I want you to see the most holy place in the temple, a most holy place. God used this figuratively to signify what the real paradigm for us accessing him was, that there was something, a veil that separated us where something really holy was here, and that's who he was. That veil was torn in two when Christ was crucified. Amen? The four people clapping get it. Thank God. I realize that I preach sermons and seven people hear it, but I don't care. I'm hoping for ten today. You know, and the veil is right there, and Jesus is called the veil. He is the torn curtain. He, and and when, he, when he is body is broken and it's torn in half, the Bible says that the gateway or the, the, the walkway into the holy place is now free, and we can enter it. But he then redefines what the temple is, and he says, but the temple, because what happens is that whole temple is torn in half. Because it doesn't have the power anymore because we are the temple. Because instead of us going into the holy place where the Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit is going into us and dwelling in our most intimate place. Why would you want to rebuild any temples? I, you are the temple of the living God. I am telling you, it's the truth. We have confidence. Hebrews 10, 19 says, can everyone just say confidence? Confidence. Confidence. This is not confident. This is confident. Okay? Can everyone say confidence? confidence? We have confidence to enter the most holy place by our incredible awesome church attendance and tithe record. No! You don't tithe because you have to. You tithe because you get to. Listen, you enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. By his blood. By a new and living way. A new covenant. The old covenant has been expired and the new covenant comes to life. 
And God wants to make sure that it's secure. And every legal document is done by a handshake of agreement. And now the Father and the Son make the agreement by the Christ's incredible work. And now the Holy Spirit seals it in our soul. And we can pray every day. Amen. I can pray in the closet. I can pray in the toilet. I can pray in the garage. And I can pray at church. Amen. He opened it up for us through, can everyone say the curtain? That's what the scripture says up there. That is his body. It's his body. His body is what opened it. Okay. <laughs> Breakthrough is prayer life. I can stop right here and there's good stuff right there, isn't it? This is good stuff. Listen, let's look at some things that we can do. What can we do? What does this power get us? It, we're not just tapping into this genie and, you know, this Coke machine that just Cokes come out because we put some coins in. There's something new. I, I saw it in the young girls that were talking here. It's like you step out and God's going, hey, I'm giving you more power than you thought you had. Right? And we're going to have prayer at the end of this for anyone who wants more power, wants a release of the Spirit's power. We're going to pray for you. We want to lay hands on you. Number one, let's, let's talk about what you get. The Lord's Prayer. I just want to take you through the beginning. Okay? Say, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Just turn to someone and say, not your name. It's not Jesus doesn't say, oh, hallowed be Peter's name. You know what I mean? So now he can pray. That's why I want you to pray. Hallowed be your name, Peter. No. He says, hallowed be whose name? God's name, the Father, right? And then he says, and this is where he is, the power to receive heaven's power. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Listen, when we pray, we attach to God, not just our soul and what we want. I want this and I need that and I think I'm supposed to get that and I think I should do this and what about that? And then all of a sudden we turn to God and God gives us a different perspective. Listen, when we turn... When we turn to God, rather than the flesh and what we're wanting, I need this, I'm going to try to solve that, or what's the problem here? It's this big problem. I don't know what to do. Why don't you go talk to her and solve it? Why don't you guys communicate better? We don't turn to God first. It's like people will try every possible option. They'll even come to visit the pastor. Pastor, I need to talk to you. First thing I'll ask is, have you talked to God about it? And they go, no. And I'm like laughing. You came to me before God? Like what I'm thinking is, don't you see how stupid that is? Like, what did you think I was going to do that God can't do? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you should have talked. If God told you, come get some counsel, that's one thing. But you talk to, you don't talk to man first. You talk to God first. Amen? We go to the king first because he's the king. Your kingdom come. Why? Because we face impossible tasks. This word sozo, soterio, it's the verb and noun versions of salvation. It's impossible for us to be rescued without God's help. Jesus says, they say, who can be saved? You're saying it's like the eye of the needle. It's like it's so difficult. It's one narrow place. How can it help? And he goes, man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen? This is so true. We could be rescued, delivered, purified by God's power. And sometimes we, we face overwhelming enemies. And you, you get this with, you know, Elisha's on the battlefield. And he's got this servant, Gehazi. 
And, and, and Gehazi's doubting everything, and they're getting attacked, and they're seeing all the enemies, and Gehazi's going up there. He's going, oh, no, my Lord, what do we do? There's armies and chariots everywhere. And the, the prophet just looks over at him, and he goes, hey, don't be afraid. I got this. God's got this. And it says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. He can't see it. He, can't, he looks like we're, out, we're outnumbered, and it always looks like that. It feels like we're outnumbered. We're not outnumbered. We are not outnumbered. Gosh, the sad sack story people have, you know, in our culture today. Oh, I don't know if everything's going to go bad. And all. It's like, stop watching the news. People get more input from Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity than they do the Bible. Seriously. I'm not against those guys. But they're not the prophets of our world. Ezekiel is. The church leaders are. Amen? 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 Amen. Listen, be encouraged. The scripture gives you confidence. And it tells you, I'll be in this world and I'll make it. You'll never make it. Yes, I will. Why? Because God's on my side and he's got a call for my life. We first came out here church planning. Some pe- I had 20, 30 people that came up. And they go, you're never going to make it here. And they go, yeah, we will. And they go, well, why do you think that? And I go, because God called us out here. And God's not stupid. Amen? How do you reply to that? (laughs) And Elisha prays the Lord, open his eyes so he can see. And the Lord opened his eyes. And he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. He started seeing that they were from the Lord, that there is a heavenly picture too. And if you just have an earthly picture, then fine. Just look at the pragmatic. But there is all kinds of stuff in the natural world that you don't even see. You look at the bugs and the animals and the insects, by the way, who were made before you, right? God created them. Oh, you know, I won't go into it. But you listen, God is able to bring deliverance. We need power from on high. And why? Number two, because God wants us to move mountains. Amen? And, and, and Jesus doesn't say this because, you know, come on, guys, we're going to a mountain-moving seminar. No, he's saying, your faith, there's nothing in the way. There's nothing that can't be moved out of the way. And many of us have mountains that we face that look like they're immovable. You look at those mountains out there and they cannot be moved and God says they can be moved. Oh, how? With big bulldozers? Big hydraulics? When he come with bombs? He goes, you can move them. Because if there's anything in the will of God, Elijah prayed for it to rain and it did. I have seen, listen, Jody's prayers, not because they were just by her power, because I believe in the sovereignty of God, but God used her prayers. It changed my life. I'd be on death row and probably already dead by now. I guarantee it. I would not be alive. There's no way I would have made it. Thank God for people who pray. Thank God there's a boldness. It's hard to pray sometimes. It takes courage. It takes confidence. Jesus says, truly, I tell you. This is Jesus Christ. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, then it will be done. If you believe, you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer. He's not talking about just come up with your own imagination. We know from other scriptures that God says it has to be in the will of God. Thy kingdom come, your will be done. God's saying if there's things, if he, does God want you delivered? 
Does God want you delivered? He does. And God says, move the mountains. Move the mountains. You know? He's talking about this fig tree was his topic. And he cursed the fig tree. And the reason he did is because it produced no fruit. Listen, there's all kinds of things in our lives that don't produce fruit. They're just empty. They drain us. They're in the yard, but they don't belong in the yard. There's things where God's saying, that's not growing. It's never going to grow. Jesus curses it and says, never will you produce fruit, ever. Sometimes we've got to move the fig tree out of the yard. We've got to curse it and say, in Jesus' name, get out darkness. Get out. Lord, let your light come in. It comes through prayer, not an arrow prayer. Oh, I don't talk to God all day long, but oh, let me throw something at God. No, we can talk to God all day long. Hey, Lord, what's going on? It doesn't mean I have to go, hey, God, I'm, I'm walking step one, step two, step three. I'm turning, God, left, left. Okay, now I'm going back, God. I want to tell you about that. He's not talking about being anal retentive. He's talking about every time you're living life and things come up, you go, Lord, what about this? Lord, I don't understand this. There's this dialogue that you have with God. It's an unceasing prayer because it's done by communion because of what Christ accomplished. This is why theology matters. It matters because if you don't believe that, you'll just keep trying to earn your way into the presence of God. You'll build temples and all kinds of rituals that will move you all the way to the holy place. And then you'll clean up and take a bath and do a bunch of jumping jacks, spiritual jumping jacks, and read your scriptures so you can enter. And I'm telling you the way is already in. Go in it. Amen? Go in it. Number three, the power to be God's temple. I just mentioned this already. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a heavenly power that comes down. Listen to Paul. He's saying, we are the temple of the living God. We are the temple, amen? We are the temple. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Where they go, it says in Revelation, I will go. That means if you want God there, God, do something over there. I'll tell you how to bring God over there. I just got brought God to a hostile situation. Hallelujah, Lord. I don't know what to say. Don't worry. I'll give you whatever you need to say. Don't worry about it anytime. Pray that you have boldness. Lord, give me boldness because I'm an idiot. And then God gives you the boldness that you didn't have. He gives you the answers you didn't know because you need it now. The, the safe prayers are way over here. And, I, and, and God loves the fact that you keep your prayers and you don't brag about them. But don't take that scripture wrong that all prayer has to be in some closet. You know, like just don't hiding. Because some people pray, Lord, do something really great over there. Send someone else. Jesus is saying, I'm sending you. Yeah. You don't get it. I'm sending you. No, I want you to send someone. Send Eric, Lord. Yeah. No, send you. Send Damien. Don't send me. <laughs> what, you know why we have community groups besides community? Is that when things happen there, you don't have to call the pastor. Go, pastor, come here and pray. I used to be in a community group. You know, in one of those community groups. And then I'd pray over people. But, you know, if God sent me to Africa, 
You don't go, Eric, we need you to come over and pray for somebody. Fly back from Africa. No, just say it. Say, I'm here. You want to bring God over there? What do you do? You go. 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 Go there. And and God says, and I'll be with you. And I'll walk with you. You want to bring the temple of the Lord? Bring the temple of the Lord over there. You know why God wants your temple holy? Because Christ has already secured your holiness positionally. But God's going, you're my temple. Don't touch any unclean thing. Because you're, you're actually my temple. I want you to represent my temple. I, you're, you're the image of it. So, so, so be, come out and be separate. Be different. Right? You, you know, my, my, my daughter had told someone, she goes, my dad never talks bad about anybody. And, she, and I go, and I said, I, I'm glad that she saw something set apart in my life. I, I thought, that's the mark I want in my life. You're not going to hear bad things about others from me because I want to be like the Lord is. Amen? The power to be God's temple. Then his will and his kingdom can be done here. Amen? All right. I'm going to just jump to number four here. The power to live in freedom. He prays that scripture, give us today our daily bread. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth that is in heaven. Remember, hallowed be your name. Give us today our daily bread. There is a fear. When the water's low, people have a fear for the drought, right? What did God do in the Old Testament when the drought came, right? For his people, what did he do? He either brought rain, and with Joseph, he provided a contact with the leader of the free world, and he basically, they stored all kinds of food because God goes, there's a drought coming, but I'm going to demonstrate my power. And then he provided, and everybody walked to it. Forgive us today our daily bread. God wants you to be around. Amen? And if he doesn't, then he's going to take you to be with him. That's a good place too, I heard. Amen? And then he says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. You guys, it is so important that we don't walk with unforgiveness. Uh, This is how you can tell you have unforgiveness. It's how you talk about others. If you go, oh, yeah, yeah, Shay, oh, yeah, she's a, you know, you know she is, right? It's unforgiveness. It's bitterness. You know, there's something there that isn't pure, When you do that, you know what you miss out on? You miss out on how God thinks. Because he is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. He's all those. I was afraid I might get one wrong. Self-control. Goodness. Listen, God wants us to be connected. Amen? There's a unity. How many say amen? Come on. Are you getting anything out of this? Am I sweating for nothing under these lights? You know, I, it's not on your notes, but I wrote it down for me. It's Psalm 65, 1. He says, you, Lord, you answer prayer to all the people who come. When we were overwhelmed by our sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple your holy place. How many say amen?
Listen, prayer also brings the power to overcome sin. Number five. We're almost at the end here, and I'm going to have prayer. Lord, lead us not into temptation. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing and the body is weak. The flesh is weak. Have you noticed that? My, my flesh always wants something that's not from God, and the spirit of God always wants the things that are from, from God. So that I, when I do the right thing, I do what I don't want to do. I do what I do not want because the spirit is leading. Some people give crazy theology that says your flesh has to empower your spirit so their flesh has to empower the flesh so that it'll follow the spirit. <laughs> that will really help. <laughs> How many know we need the spirit of God and his desire and his will, not our own will? It's not your will, but his will. Amen? Right? And so let the spirit of God, and I'm not saying by your will, I'm telling you that the spirit of God in your salvation will lead you to victory. That's what he does. He guides you into all truth. He brings salvation. He brings illness. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. The Lord wants to overcome it. That's why we start with hallowed be their name. His presence fills us and he leads us to victory. Amen. Number six, the power to resist and defeat all enemies. Deliver us from the evil one. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The Israelites were oppressed by the Egyptian army and the Egyptian king, the Pharaoh, okay? They, the Egyptians dreaded the Israelites because no matter what oppression they gave this enslaved people, God kept multiplying them because his plan was something else. And no authority, no beast, no political process is gonna overwhelm the purposes and the plans of God. And if you don't believe me, I'll see you in heaven, we'll have the same conversation. Okay, and I'll go, yep, it all came true. Okay, right, and you'll be convinced of it too. Now, he worked them ruthlessly. He made their lives bitter. He put her under heavy, heavy laden. That's what the world wants to do to you. It wants to say less straw, more bricks, and vice versa. You less material, but more output, more production, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a better sales numbers and increasing, but there's a point where your hope is in your abilities. And I see it all the time. People, they sweat and struggle in their job to try to get forward and they don't know how to walk in the trust of God and their prayer life is probably real minimum because they don't have time. They got to go make a sales call. I don't have time to pray. I got to do this. I don't have time. Really? And you wonder why it keeps going downhill because God's sometimes lets it go downhill and says, I'm going to show you the fruit of your labor. And then you watch it go downhill and go, why is everything going bad? Then you blame God. I did it all on my own. Why did you let me do that? And God says, draw near to me, and I promise I'll draw near to you. I'll meet you wherever. It's not a conditional relationship. God's just saying, whatever point you come, I promise you I'll meet you there. There's a boldness that we have to have. Amen? God wants us to feed, and, and th there is a deliverance there. And then seven, the power to see loved ones and people that we know come to Christ. And there it is. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. I think we look at our culture and we think, oh, it's going downhill so fast. It must be the love of most will grow cold. And they quote, quote Matthew, you know. 
and, and, and try to put a new context to it. And, and this is what happens, is that people go, oh, I don't think anything's going to happen. And, and Jesus does the same look. And he looks out and he goes, yep, harvest is plentiful. But the second one is sad to me. The laborers are few. There's not a lot of laborers. You know, and, and I talk to people who, it's like they go, man, it's like I want a boldness to witness. And I go, man, Paul prayed that for himself. He, he prayed, Lord, make me bold like I should be bold. Right? Give me, give me the words that I have to have. So make me act on this mystery of the gospel. I'm like an ambassador in chains. And show me how to do it. And so often we're around people and we can bring the deliverance of God. I have prayed for people in, in grocery stores and coffee shops. And, you know, I, I had one person in a coffee shop just turn behind me and just go, hey, man, you're like, you're like, you're a Christian. You know God, don't you? You're that pastor guy. And I go, I go yeah. And he goes, man, I, I just, he goes, the religion I'm in, I just, I'm losing confidence in the evidence. He goes, how do I find God? And then I'm like, well, let me tell you. How, how, many, how many would love that response? You know, it's like a total gift. And can I tell you, this happens a lot. You know why it happens a lot? Because God provokes in our hearts, ask me to send workers in the field. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Who's the Lord of the harvest? God. He goes, pray earnestly to the Lord. Pray with some fervor that the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into this field. And then he's like telling them, I'm talking about you guys. You're the ones getting sent out, right? I've said this before, but if you're one of the first ones to come to Christ or your family, you don't think God knows that? You don't think he knows the bold one, right? You don't think he knows the right one? You know, Saul saw himself, Saul, the king Saul, before King David took over, he saw himself very small in his own eyes, his own life. There's times when you got to not see yourself the way God, where the man sees it or where you see it or people have defined you as. You're nothing this, you're that, look at you, blah, 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 and you've heard it your whole life. There is a time where you say, I'm only going to believe what God says about me. Only. No matter what. You know, I, I gave marriage counseling, you know, two or three times, three or four times this week. And one advice I gave several times was, don't worry about what your wife thinks of you this week. What do you mean? And I said, if you are insecure, wife, I want you to look at me and love me. Love me. Women don't respect weakness like that. Do you understand that, men? They do not respect weakness like that. When you go tell your wife you love her, it's because you already know you've been with God and God says, I love you. And then you turn to your wife and go, God loves you and so do I. Right? You don't go, I need love to feel good about myself. Do you love me, honey? She's like, well, yeah. But why are you such a wussy? You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, men, you're embarrassing the church. <laughs> Seriously. I know gentleness is one of the things of the Lord, but it's not the only thing. There's power and might and confidence and all kinds of other stuff. 
Get out there and kick some butt for crying out loud. Amen. Listen, seriously. And your kids don't respect it either. Right? I mean, there's nothing wrong. You need to confess your sin to your kids, but then you need to tell them God's going to take care of this. We're going to overcome it. And let them see you overcome it. Right? And if you've got to repent 100 times or 77 times or 70 times, 7 times, do it. But don't stay in that weakness. God did not give you a spirit of timidity and fear, but a spirit of power. And a spirit of a sound mind. I can't think. I don't know how to read. I don't know how to do this. Read. Learn. Leaders are readers. Amen? Read. Read the word. I can't read. Listen to the word. I can't listen. Get braille on the word. We'll do stomach Morse code punching into your stomach so you'll get it. God so loved the world. We'll get the scriptures in there. Amen? Listen, why don't you stand with me, and I'm going to have uh, Chris go ahead and play some music behind me, if you would. And I'll have our prayer team come up forward, if you would. Where's, where's prayer? Amen. Hey, listen. God wants to release power in our midst. Amen? The very beginning of the church, they prayed. They prayed. And they waited. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Now that, that is an example of the birthing of a church where they didn't know there was a spirit of God in the way that it was. And through the cross, Jesus had already breathed on them, but he said, but there's more, there's power. And some of us, all of us, need that power from God. Amen? I just, I, I want to encourage you. If you're that person right now, just say, Lord, I need an increase of power. Don't wait. Don't go, is anyone else coming? Should I come? I'm not sure if I should come. Just right now, just walk forward. Just go, I need power. Just just say, it. you know you need power. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. Don't. I don't care if you've been walking with the Lord 50 years and you need new power. Don't be prideful enough to just sit back there when you, when you need it. And then we're going to have our prayer team just pray for you. And and I want to give you this encouragement. God wants to bring a release and an increase of power in our midst. There's nothing I despise more than Pentecostalism, which is a culture. But we need the power that comes from Pentecost. Amen? We need the power that comes from on high that was unleashed on that early church. And God wants us to bring breakthrough right now. Amen? And Father, I pray a general prayer, and then I want to release you to go if you need to, but please stay quiet in respect to those getting prayer. Lord, pour out your provision. Lord, I stand against the enemy's plans, who says, the enemy saying, I own you. I have this territory. This part of your life is mine. And I say he is a liar. And that you feel a restriction that says, I can't get past this point. This is who I am. I'm limited. This is my destiny. And the Lord says, no, that does not come from me. It's the Lord that says, I can release you. I can break you free. Whether you have a legion of oppression or you just have self-deprecation or in your own mind, in your own heart, you see yourself smaller in your own eyes. There's a fear. Maybe it's even because of your gender. You're saying, I'm a woman. Can I tell you the New Testament All of it 
is written to you, my female uh, partners in Christ. It's written to you, all those in him you were chosen. The power of God, it's written to you. And Lord, I pray for a release of your Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, I pray for words of knowledge and wisdom, aptly spoken words from the scriptures would come to life in this place that would breathe life. And Father, we praise you. Hallowed be your name, Lord. Let your kingdom come. And Father, I just with one word or one set of words, one sentence here, Lord, we say we break the stronghold of darkness. Lord, we break the works of the patterns and the conformity of the flesh and the influence of our past. And we embrace the promises, Lord, that you've given us that are true and identify with our soul. Lord, that you have hope and plans to prosper us, Lord, to give us a future. And we bless your name. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. How many say amen? Amen. God bless you. And we're going to keep praying up here. If you'd like to pray, feel free to.